Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios in Atlanta, it's time for On the Money, presented by Embassy National Bank. Now, here's your host, Joe Moss. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of On the Money. And we are the number one small business show on the Business Radio X platform, which we're very proud of. And we actually got what I would call a salmon uh, last week. Uh, Not an Oscar, but a salmon. A Sammy. We're going to call it a Sammy. Anyway, this show is presented by Embassy National Bank. Uh, Embassy National Bank is a nationally chartered financial institution whose deposits are insured by the FDIC. On this show, we we discuss topics designed to help small business succeed because at Embassy National Bank, we're proud of how how we help small business. I'm Joe Moss, your host, and I'm the president at Embassy National Bank, and we welcome you to the Subaru of Gwinnett studio. Today, we're going to be talking to a... um, a gentleman who has started a staffing agency that helps our veterans get placed out into the uh, business world. Uh, Brian Herbert, welcome to the show. And thank you for having me. And um, by the way, let me just say uh, thank you for your service. You're an Army vet. Yes, I am. Thank you. And uh, tell everybody about your service for the 10 years you were in the in the Army. Uh, certainly. Well, I joined the Army in 1985. Came in the Army as a combat engineer. And my first duty station was Fort Campbell, Kentucky, with the 101st Airborne. Uh, Once that was done, they sent me to uh, Korea, a station in Korea for a year. Then uh, after that year, I actually went to uh, Fort Hood, Texas. Uh, That's actually, I went to Desert Storm with the 1st Cavalry Division in uh, Fort Hood, Texas. And I've gotten out of the Army. And what was your specialty over in Desert Storm? I actually joined the Army as a combat engineer. Right. Uh, for, for the veterans out there that understand a 12 Bravo, but a combat engineer, and that dealt with a lot of uh, uh, explosive C4, TNT, Bangalore torpedo, minefield. That was interesting. And as we were talking about the show, when you saw the Hurt Locker, uh, that rang really close to home. Oh, it really was. It came very close to home. I understood everything that they were going through. <laughs> yes. Now, you were talking about having to jump out of helicopters with C4 yes. explosives and yes. all that stuff? Yes. Yes, and it, it was very interesting and, and, uh, and at times very frightening. I bet, I bet. <laughs> and then you moved on from there and you became a recruiter out of Jacksonville. Yes, uh, after Desert Storm, the Army decided that, hey, you know, uh, let us give you a, another assignment. And that assignment was actually to become an Army recruiter. And uh, upon completing two uh, months of school as a recruiter, they assigned me to Jacksonville, Florida. Did you... Yes. Were you comfortable recruiting for the Army based on your experiences in Desert Storm and all of, all of that? Well, I, I, I was. I, I was. The, the thing with recruiting is, I would say the Army altogether, it actually opened me up op- you know, to speak in front of people. And that is one thing that I was very reserved about doing. And becoming a recruiter, we had to talk at graduations, talk in front of classrooms, present awards to students. And, and that actually opened me up to a whole different uh, light. Yes. Yeah. Now, you were, you're originally from Trinidad, I yes. understand. So yes. talk about how you got into the U.S. and joined the Army. Well, you know, my mom, she actually seen uh, uh, opportunities. 
And she said, well, you know, I'm going to try to uh, uh, get to the United States. And the closest she actually came was to St. Croix in the Virgin Islands. Okay. So when we, she got to St. Croix, she actually sent back to Trinidad for her kids. And we all came up to the United States and we became naturalized citizens. I was about 11 years of age. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. When, and Thank you. What, where did you grow up here in the U.S.? Uh, well, St. Croix. I, okay. After graduating. Oh, you got naturalized yeah. in St. Croix. Yes, yeah, because it's a, it's, a, it's a territory. Yes, yes. That's right. Yes, okay. so I graduated from high school, and from high school I decided that I'm going to join the Army. And here There I you am. go. There you yeah. go. Yes. And see the world. You I, saw some of it. I, I saw some of it. You I, saw some really hot weather. Yeah, a, a lot of it, and also a lot of cold weather. <laughs> in Korea? Oh, oh yes, yeah. yes, yes. It does get cold in Korea. Very well, cold. Again, thanks for your service. You're welcome. Um, You're welcome. And it's really good to hear a story like yes. yours where someone outside of the U.S. realizes the opportunities that America yes. does provide and still yes. provide. Yes. And um, it, it's always good to hear success stories like yes. that. Thank you. Thank you. you. Know, those of us who were born and raised here are sometimes spoiled by it all, um, but it's good to, to hear that your mom recognized it and yes. through you was able to now, the rest of your brothers and sisters, they do well, too? Yes. Well, I have a brother that's, uh, he's a clinical psychologist in California. He, he's a year younger than I am. And uh, uh, I have a sister. She lives in, uh, also lives in Sacramento. And uh, I, I'm not quite sure. You know, we, sometimes she changes careers. So I'm, but, but she is actually successful at what she's doing. Well, good. Yes. Well, good. Yes. And do you ever get back to Trinidad? Very rarely. What about St. Croix? Oh, yes. Okay. I, I do go to St. Croix quite quite often. I've never been, but I've heard it's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, you would love it. You yeah, would love I it. I probably wouldn't want to come you, back. You know, uh, my wife is actually from St. Croix. Is she really? Yeah, we, okay. We actually, uh, 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 we were going together since the 10th grade. Okay. And uh, we've been married now uh, 30 years. Oh, well, congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Yes. And uh, you were impressed that I knew to call you a Trini. Yeah, yes, uh, very much. I, and you still have not explained to me how you know about that as yet. Well, my, you know, I have uh, in the family, I have uh, my sister-in-law's mom was from Trinidad, and she told me that they're all called Trinis. Yeah. So anyway, well, let's talk about how you got started with your company. And first, it's called Apex Veteran Staffing. And tell us what Apex Veteran Staffing does. Well, Apex Veteran Staffing, it's a, it's a staffing agency that staffs primarily military veterans for employment opportunities throughout the country, not just in the Atlanta area or the Georgia, the state of Georgia. Uh, we staff in administrative, we have uh, IT staffing, we have warehouse, and we also do some hospitality staffing throughout the country. And uh, so how, do you have offices around the country? No, we don't. We actually use technology. Well, good for and, you. And that our interview process, you know, uh, someone out of state, we will go through Skype interview, do the vetting. We will go through the Department of Labor. We will go through other uh, veteran organizations to, to gain uh, access to uh, a lot of the veterans in the state. So, and how many vets have you, how long, has, how long have you been in business? Uh, since October 6, 2010. 10. And how many so, people, how many vets have you placed? Uh, we placed a total of 65 vets on, on jobs, but we do also have a lot of temporary jobs. They go out on a lot of temporary assignments okay. also. Where they stay on your payroll, but yet yes. you, you basically lease them out. E exactly. Okay. Exactly. So tell me the ad 
and I'm going to hit give you some softball questions here, but tell me the advantage of hiring a vet. Well, and that's a great question. Vets has a, a, a way of having a lot of uh, the spirit of core. You know, vets, they are very uh, time conscious. They're very time conscious. You know, I'm, I'm actually the same way myself. You know, even if someone, I have a friend that say, let's go out and play basketball and we'll be at 10 o'clock. Well, at 945, I'm at your house. You know, so if you tell me 10, be expect, be expect right. that I'll be there at about 945. It's called discipline. Discipline. We are very, very strict on that. And we have the, the ability to also become very flexible because we are so used to the flexibility in the military. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's go here. Oh, we changed our mind. Let's get back to doing this and get back. And all we have to say is, okay, let's, let's suck it up and drive on. And you're very fiercely loyal, I would yes, think. Yes, a very very loyal and then and they again they are so committed you know they become so committed to what they do you know very committed individuals they're very committed i I think i saw somewhere where you also help um with disabled veterans too yes well we we do help disabled veterans i am actually a disabled veteran i do have that status myself so so what uh, happened to you well, the, the PTSD, I have the, the PTSD and okay. tinnitus. I, I do have that uh, coming yeah, from Desert Storm. I can storm imagine the tinnitus. Yes. Woo. Yes. Okay. <laughs> a lot of booming and banging. How do you control yes. the tinnitus? Do you, well, do you wear ear? you put noise in your ear or anything like that? Or yeah, Well, sometimes I do actually have a, uh, because it is really the ringing in the ear. So right. what, what happens at times, sometimes I go to a very quiet, have a very quiet place that I go to. And, you know, sometimes if I don't have the earmuffs, I'll actually be laying and put the pillows on my ear to just to kind of muffle the sound. And the sometimes, sun. well, I, you, you know, so I wear hearing aids, but uh, they say that sometimes they can put noise in your ear mm-hmm. to overcome, like a white noise to overcome the ringing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, but I haven't gotten to that point as yet. I've needed uh, the... Schaffner uh, had real bad tinnitus. Really? Yeah. And uh, came on later in life and uh, the guy from star trek yeah william shatton yeah and um he just it just about drove him nuts he said it it was really hard really hard but anyway um well i need to to let everybody know that uh this is on the money brought to you by embassy national bank and we're talking to brian herbert who uh owns and founded apex veteran staffing specializing in finding jobs for our our veterans and yes. we're talking about the the uh, benefit of hiring a vet and we're and basically you're hiring a very loyal punctual disciplined employee yes. all of the above now do you screen uh the veteran or the employee before you place him how does that process work yes once once the, the employee comes into our office we would actually, uh, uh, upon filling out the application, we do conduct the, the make sure, first of all, e-verify. That's, you know, all of the state and, and f- the, uh, local and federal governments requires that of our employees. So we do do, we do conduct the uh, e-verify. Uh, we also would do the background check. We'll do the DMV check. Uh, depending on the client, they may ask us to do a credit check, mm-hmm. depending on the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do uh, provide all of those services and for those and it's and and if i may add it is all 100 percent free to the veteran our our fees have already been uh, articulated between us and the and client the, and the client now yes. is the, does the client have an advantage of hiring a vet 
or just they just do that out of loyalty and pride and and they know they're getting somebody good. How, how does that work? Well, I've actually seen it both ways. And I say both ways that they have an advantage because they are able to try out that individual. They're able to see what that person can really do. Now, the flip side of that is that if they hire the veteran permanently on their staff, then there are certain benefits, there are certain tax credits that the client actually receives for having the veteran on their staff full time. Okay. Okay. Tell me about the training. Uh, you know, a lot of times you see the commercials about uh, uh, the person in the army coming in the army and being trained with for technology and all these other jobs. Tell me about the training, say, that you went through that would be appropriate or you were able to maybe transport into the private industry? Oh, that's a great question. Well, a, a couple of things. You know, sometimes you have individuals, for example, and I would use me as an example. My job was a combat engineer uh, uh, and we dealt with a lot of explosives. And I remember as a, as a young man getting out of the military, it was asked exactly what are you going to do now with explosive, what can you do? Right. And I thought about that and I say, wow, really, what can I do? It's many different avenues I could have taken. First of all, I could have been, you know, they started uh, uh, giving me information about going to uh, Disney World to work in the pyrotechnics. Huh. You see, so now you see how it can transition. Sure. Then you have, you can go into demolition, construction. You can implode, explode houses, buildings, anything like that. So that's one of the transition points. But you have to have, again, do research and have knowledge and, and, and put everything together because whatever you learn in the military, I, I promise you that it is out here. You just have to know and be creative as to exactly what avenue you are going to take once you now what made you choose uh the uh the 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 the, the job that you did in the military but you know recruiting it is uh it is an it's a science all by itself and you know i I remember going into the um to to my recruiter and the first thing i wanted to do was join the air force as crazy as that may seem i said wow i want to be join the air force i ended up in the army and then after I became a recruiter, then I understood how the process really worked. Um, and I wouldn't go into too much detail with that. But uh, you know, So you didn't process. go into the Army um, thinking, you know what, I want to go blow up stuff. No, no, <laughs> I, by, by no means. But because what, what they did was they actually took my, uh, they took my, my test scores along with Your my. Aptitude. Uh, exactly, along with my physical. Test, exactly. Yeah. And, and the, but there's also something else that a lot of people are not aware of. Now, on that ASVAB, the highest someone can actually score on the test, excuse me, at the time that I recruited was 99. I'm not quite sure if it went up the extra point, but right. it was 99. If someone at that point came and said, hey, I scored a 99 on the test and I'm ready to, you know, I want to become a, a I want to fly helicopters. Right. Although you have that 99, if you are, wearing glasses you're not flying a helicopter you're done you're done so the very first thing they do is give you a physical so they'll give you the physical when you get to the processing station and us as recruiters we never actually give anyone jobs that is actually done at the processing station because recruiters we don't know 
what you qualify your 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 physical disqualifications or qualifications may be. So you are given the physical the very first thing six mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning, and then as the, you go through, and then you will meet with the the guidance counselor, the army's guidance counselor, and they're going to put your physical with your test scores and everything into the computer system, and the system prints up a list of jobs that you are qualified for. At that for. point, you pick. And then at that point, you pick the jobs okay. that you are qualified okay. for. Okay, because I know a friend of mine went through all that, and the next thing he knows, he's doing um, uh, intelligence work. He's behind the screen trying to figure out who's tweeting and all yeah. that other stuff. Yeah. So, But, but once, once you get into the system, when, once you get in, you can always branch off and do a lot of things. It's a lot of uh, different jobs you you can actually put in paperwork to to do once you are right. You know, once you are in the system. Yes. Okay. All right. So tell me how you came about to start Apex Veteran Staffing. You know, uh, back in 2010, I actually started this business with two hundred and fifty dollars. You know, a, a lot of people will think, "Wow, how did you start a business with two hundred and fifty dollars? You need this. You need that." That is where people go wrong. Uh, everybody think that because you start a business, well, I need to have an office or I need to have business cards. I need to have brochures. I need all this fancy literature. You don't. You really don't. Uh, in today's world, though, the one thing you, you do need, need clients. You need, <laughs> <laughs> that's you a need. start. <laughs> well, and, well, and in today's world, the one thing you do need is a website because the first thing people will want to know is what is your website? I want to go to your website. Well, I remember I uh, started a business and at the time lived in some apartment complex. I did not have an internet, did not have, did not even have a computer. Well, in 2010, I'm trying yeah. to think, I mean, a lot has changed just yeah. six years. Yeah, yeah. It, quite, quite a bit have changed. Yes. Well, and, and you know, when I started again with $250 and mind you, 150 of that I had to go to the Secretary of State to get my corporation certificate. Sure, sure. So I'm now down to $100. <laughs> so you got to so make it work. You, you have to make it work. Right. And you know, I remember sitting in the, um, a, you know, the apartment complexes has a um, a general office computer room where clients, the, the residents rather, can go in and use the com- computers. Sure. Um, and that actually was my office. I would be there from nine o'clock to six o'clock, Monday through Friday sitting in that office and uh, I work and I started looking for someone to create a website. And this young lady came in to pay her, her, her bill. And she said, you know, I notice every time I pass by, I keep seeing you here. Do you work here? What exactly do you do? So I told her what I'm, uh, that I'm trying to start a business. She said, um, then I asked her, I said, well, do you know of any place that I can create a website? She said, oh, you know, you can just go on to Microsoft Office Live and you can go and they have a bunch of templates and you can. Right. I said, wow, well, that's what I'm going to do. So I went on there, created a website. And I will tell you, uh, I had the, the website done in about two days. When it was completed, I went over to, a, uh, to an organization over here and I told them exactly what I'm doing. And they say, well, look, if you are putting veterans to work, we are going to assist you. You know, if you need an office, you can use our our space. We'll give you an office. You can interview people. You can do whatever you want. And I got there and I started interviewing. I, just, I, I did not even have jobs. Wow. But I was just interviewing and I had a whole bunch of applications. I started learning about the system. And when I say started learning, and I, and I will always say this is the key to uh, uh, getting the business is educating yourself. Now, a lot of times people will always say, 
oh, it's on the internet. Everything is on the internet. Well, yes, it's on the internet, but you have to know what you're looking for on the internet. And not only that, you have to know what you're looking for. You can't believe everything you read on the internet. Sure. But. You can't? What... <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, what that does, though, is it gives you material to ask intelligent questions to the professionals in the field that you're sure. going into. And that's what I would recommend for, for people to do. But in any event, so I, I went and I, I, I created a website. I went on to the, the government system, a SAM. It's called a, a System for Award Management. Every single person that's trying to get a government contract has to go through that. I went on that system. and, and These are companies these, that are trying to get a contract. No, yeah, yes. If right. there's a company out there trying to get a federal contract, right. they must be registered in SAM. A must. It's, so it's you a have a list of companies there that are obviously looking for people. Yeah, well, yeah, that, and that's the government. This is the government now. Right. But the, the interesting thing is, once you you are registered, and I'll tell you, after I registered ten months, after I registered there, and mind you, I did not have a computer, did not have the internet. I registered in Sam, and I got a call. They asked me to send these papers, and and the the, the thing that 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 bothered me so much starting this business is that everyone that you would go to for advice came with a handout. You know, I can do this for you for $500. I can do this for $2,500. I can do this for 1000 <laughs> Then, you you know, you throw your hands up it. in there. I'm down to 150 bucks, guys. <laughs> you see? <what's> <laughs> so, now, so what I ended up doing, and I, I, and I kept, you know, I kept going on the internet, and I'm saying, wow, and one thing led me to another, to another, to another, to another. And, it you know, it, it gave me a whole host of, uh, of, uh, of education, on-the-spot education. So what ended up happening, uh, I found out as, as this one organization reached out to me to be a, a contractor, with, to be a subcontractor rather. And uh, in, a, in 10 months, when I started, 10 months after I uh, started the business, I got a $4.2 million contract. Wow. And I did not even have an internet nor the computer. Wow. And that, So you tell your story then. Then when people, when you hear people say, you know, I can't find anything to do, I can't find work. Mm-hmm. What, what are your, what goes through your head at that point? You're obviously not trying hard enough or you got to get hungry to do it or what, what goes through your head when you hear stuff like that? Well, you know, and people are everywhere and they're everywhere <laughs> and we love excuses. Oh, people yeah. love excuses, you know, and, and they always talk themselves out of doing what they want to do. You know, I've, I've met a lot of people. A lot of people came to come into my office and they say, well, you know, I would like to have a, uh, uh, I'd like to start my own business or I'd like to staff a staffing agency just like you. But it's really, they don't understand the, the whole back uh, to it. But even started, the ones that even come and talk about starting a business, they will say, well, you know, I would like to start a business, but you know, uh, it, it's so much paperwork. It's so much, well, you know what? do what you have to do the basic paperwork and once it's submitted it's out of your hands for three months until they review it so get it out of the way and get it done i have a lot of people come and say well you know uh, i'm a hustler i can do this you know i can do this and i always tell them i say well the first thing you need to do is understand the difference between a hustler and a business person it's two complete different 
Now, in order to be a successful business person, you need to have a hustler's mentality because you do need to go out. But then when you hustle and say, oh, I got a thousand dollars here today, I got a thousand dollars tomorrow. And then you're wondering if you're going to get another thousand dollars two days after that, mm -hmm. then that is the hustler's mentality. But you need to have a business structure, a business setup where you can have that income keeps coming in coming in too. We talk about that a lot, about how people want to start a business because they're really good at something mm -hmm. and then they realize quickly that they've got to stand above what they're good at mm -hmm. and learn how to run a business. Yes. Yes. And they're and they're two different things. It's two complete different things. Yeah. Well and and the one thing that that a lot of people that don't understand is that the um the supplier diversity. They are that is very, very huge uh, that a lot of people don't understand. They're not aware of it. And uh, that is whether it's someone get the, receive the minority business enterprise certification mm -hmm. or the woman owned business certification, the disadvantaged, mm -hmm. the disabled veteran, the veteran, the 8A, the hub zone. These are all uh, socioeconomic uh, uh, categories that the government has a lot of set-asides to assist these individuals. Hmm. And, you know, and it could be, if I'm a veteran, and let's say we are both in the same industry and I'm a veteran and you are not a veteran and they have a, uh, a staffing, they have a, a, a staffing uh, uh, contract that they would like us to apply for. But in it, it says uh, this uh, veteran, veteran only. Well, then you may be a whole lot more qualified than I am, but I am the veteran. And right. that is the status that they're looking for, the veteran status. So I am going to get that contract before you get that contract. Mm -hmm. now, 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 although, you know, they do look at past performances and see how you would perform. But then again, the, the, if you are, if it is a sole source set aside, then you will have that. You're listening to On The Money. We're talking to Brian Herbert of Apex Veteran Staffing, and he provides uh, job assistance for uh, disabled veteran, well, all veterans, uh, for various employment opportunities. And um, really interesting conversation about how you guys are. You know, your story reminds me of that movie that Will Smith did. Uh, it just got on the phone and started hustling. I think he was homeless. Was he homeless? Yeah, and I, you weren't homeless, yeah. but yes. it just yeah. that same yeah. mentality. Mm -hmm. You just gotta want to yeah. get out there and get it done. You, you have to. You have to want it. And you also you should always find excuses. I mean, at, at in our business at, at the bank, I can give you twenty reasons why we should not do something, yeah. but I can give you one good reason why we should. And at some point, we talk about this a lot um, in our show, you just have, you have to put it all behind you. We, we have a phrase that says, leave fear in the back seat. You just, if that's what you mm -hmm. want to do, you just got to get out there and start getting it done. You, you have, you, you have to, because if you don't do it, someone else will. And now tell me why you decided to do veteran staffing. Well, did you have an epiphany one night or? Uh, no, well. My very first civilian job after I got out of the military in Jacksonville, I actually worked for a staffing agency. Okay. So as as a, as a you know, and it was easy for me to make that transition. Now it was a it's a whole lot different, you know, working for someone and and having your own because when you work for someone, you you know they'll basically already have a structure set up and everything in place. Uh, so, but as the years progress, I've decided that you know I am going to start a staffing agency with a twist. And the twist is the veteran piece. And that's why I, and, uh, 
that's why I decided to say, hey, veterans is what I am going to. Well, tell me some, uh, give me success stories of uh, some people that you have placed and have gone on to do great things. Oh, I'll tell you one that came right off the top of my head. I have a, uh, had a young lady that worked for, uh, uh, this young lady was in the Navy in um, uh, Boston in Massachusetts. Never made more than $10 an hour. We gotten out of the military, never made more than $10 an hour. I've gotten a call from a uh, Fortune 500 company. This particular company had right about uh, 120,000 employees. And the vice president of their company called and needed a, uh, an executive assistant. I spoke to this young lady, interviewed her, you know, tested her on a few of her, uh, her skills. Uh, this young lady ended up being the executive assistant to this vice president in Massachusetts, making $55,000 a year. Wow. And she never made $10 an Good hour. Good for her. I bet she was excited. Oh, she was excited. She went and told her family about it. And, you know, now the whole family want to meet me. And everyone wants to, you know, think I'm the best thing since sliced bread. But Well, maybe you, you are. Know. You never know. Man. <laughs> right. Well, one thing I was going to say, you know, one thing you're in count on with, uh, you know, you had the discipline and everything. I, um, I know someone in physical fitness trainer who's a, a former vet. A very disciplined, okay. but just always neat and structured and polished and comfortable and confident and you know all those things that uh you know that you have to be and they teach you to be in the military yes well the, the one thing that i i always tell everyone and and this is a military uh, a military thing here is that if you if you're on time then you're late you know they always say that well, it's lombardi <laughs> time. time yeah if, yeah. if, if you're on time then you're late right and, and and you know i always ask you know I, I remember i had a young lady work for me and every single day she would come into office five minutes late seven minutes late we would talk to her five minutes late seven minutes late and then she came up with with an excuse and then it's it was said and then i asked her i said you know do you know what the uh, and I know I know she didn't know this because she was a, a civilian. Uh, but I told her, I said, do you know what? The, uh, uh, I asked her right. There, I said, do you know what the maximum effective range of an M16 is? <laughs> I said, it's uh, uh, 560 meters. I said, do you know what the maximum effective range of an excuse is? <laughs> she says zero. I say exactly zero. There's no all these excuses. Of whether, and, you know, growing up, I remember, um, you know, I. I in, in the Virgin Islands, this um, this priest told me one day, you know, uh, he said, you know, I'll tell you something, Brian, because I, I used to play drums and I played drums for one of the, the reggae bands. And yeah, stuff, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So he said, uh, so this one band, they needed a drummer. And I, and I, I was 18 years of age. I said, so they asked me and I came up with an excuse. And the priest looked at me and he said, you know what, Brian? Your life is full of excuses. You need to stop making excuses, whether it's a legitimate excuse or whether it's an excuse you're making up. An excuse is an excuse is an excuse. And your life is full of it. Mm -hmm. And from that day on, I always remember that. And I, and I so always So that's that. interesting. Um, I always say, I, you know, I don't have any excuses. I can, I can tell you what happened, yeah. but, you know, I don't have any excuses. Yeah. Yeah. But, um. And the other thing about being on time, I know we're sitting in a doctor's office, for example, when they're late, I, you know, I, you're basically, if you're late, you're basically telling the other person, you know, I value my time more than I value your time. Yes. And so right off the bat, you've, you've kind of insulted them. And, and I see, and I, and, and I am the same way with clients right now. If, if I have to go out with a client, 
I, I want us to be at least 20, 25 minutes early sure. and sit in the lobby and wait you know, before the client even comes out. And I by the way, Atlanta traffic is not a good excuse. Yeah, it, it is real. Oh, my gosh. Plan wow. for it. Woo, yes. Plan for yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. You really do have to plan for that traffic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, you know, if a, yeah. if a airplane crashes in a 285 <laughs> and they close it down for four hours, I mean, I don't know what to do then. But, um, you know, you got to plan for plan for anything to happen. Yes, yes, yes. So. So where do you take this business? What's your next step? Well, my next step is to actually have an office in every major city in the United States. Now, you want to have an office? office. Why don't you just yeah. put every, give everybody a computer and tell them to stay at home? Or you, you, why do you well, want an office? Well, for, for, physical, for physical appearance, because there are things, uh, there are times rather that, you know, people want to see the company. office. They want to yeah. see the office. They may be testing and things. And, and besides, um, an office is only... Of really, all I need in an office is a branch manager, a staffing uh, coordinator, and a receptionist. Or, or Plus, they do just, sales for you. They and, do, yeah. yes. Yeah. But I, I am going to, to uh, try to focus more on the, the government, more in the government space, because it, it is a lot. It, it, is, it is a lot out there. It mm -hmm. is a lot. And even in the local government, and I would tell the listeners here today that the key to getting some of these contracts is getting your certifications, your your MBE certification, your woman-owned business, your disadvantaged business. Get those certifications because there are a lot of sole source set aside for these businesses. And there are businesses out there that you would not even think about. You, you know, I'll I tell you, I saw a, um, uh, uh, it's been a, a year or so ago, I, I remember taking my car to get a, a tire, uh, to get a tire change. I went into this place and this auto mechanic shop, he had 10 bays, you know, 10 bays, but he only had like two cars sitting in. And I said, wow, you know, just out of conversation to, to kill time. I said, um, I said, wow, business pretty slow, huh? He said, well, he said, yeah, it's up and down, up and down. I said, well, are you uh, registered as a, as a minority owned business in for with, with what you do? He said, no. He said, look, I have no clue what you're talking about. I've never heard about it. I said, how long you been in business? He said, 18 years. The reason I asked that question was like three weeks prior to that, I had gotten a solicitation coming in my, um, in my inbox that the, the Fulton County, I believe it was the Fulton County uh, uh, a police department looking for a, a minority business to do tune-up oil change and tire rotations for wow. the police cars. Wow. But again... You, you have, have to be, be registered, in, you have to, be registered yeah. to get those solicitations. Well, you know, the Atlanta airport um, is very good about that. Yes. Um, yes. And in fact, there are a lot of folks that want to be subcontractors to some of these firms mm -hmm. so they can get their bid in the door. Mm -hmm. But, uh, mm -hmm. and you know, you can sit back and say, wait a minute, is that fair? Is it not fair? Da, da, da. But uh, at the end of the day, it is what it is. It's there. So, you know, it's like when you play the rules of golf, you know, you may not think particular rule is the right rule but that's the rule so might as well take advantage take of it take advantage of it but you know you know the interesting thing is when i talk about educating yourself i have not i am 51 years of age i have not ever been on a golf course in my life wow but i can certainly tell you about the, the sport i can sit here where i can go to the sports bar and talk and have an intelligent conversation with someone about the sport and i have never been on a golf course well let me tell you a story um 
my brother-in-law was with a big company, Millican Industries, there in the textile business for 40-something years. He had a gentleman come over from uh, Korea, and he was going to entertain him. And um, and he said, uh, would you like, do you play golf? He said, yes, I play golf. He said, would you like to play golf? Well, no, how long have you been playing golf? I've been playing golf for about 20 years. Oh, well, would you like to play golf? And he got this look on his face, and he said, you mean on a real golf course, <laughs> you know, cause in some countries like Korea where space is so tight, he, the only golf he'd ever played was at these three and four story golf ranges. So he actually got to go on a golf course. And then, um, and then another time I was in Myrtle beach and this big seven forty seven comes across and I said, my brother-in-law says, you know what that is? And I said, no, that's the daily flight Hong Kong. And they, it's cheaper to get on a 747 and come to Myrtle Beach and play golf than it is to stay in Hong Kong and play golf. Oh, wow. So, um, wow. you know, it's, but you're right. I mean, they're, not everybody does get to go, get to go on the golf course. Yeah. Yes. But, um, um, well, you know, if, if well, you, you must have played cricket though, growing yeah, up. Well, right? but cricket and well, we call football, but soccer. Yeah, you know, so right. we played. We played a lot of that. Oh, right, yeah, played a lot, a lot yeah. of soccer. Yes, yes. Well, um, we're we're gonna wrap this up for today. But um, what would what suggestions would you give to someone out there who is thinking about starting up their own business? My first advice would be do research on what you're looking for. Educate yourself. The internet and, and utilize your the 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 resources that you have in front of you, the, which is the, the Google. You can Google search anything, but once you Google search, you scroll down and keep looking at the different. Uh, I mean, you get off of page one. Up. You uh, yeah, you get off page one, go to page two, go to page three. You know, <laughs> and but because you see, and and it's and and it gives you the opportunity to see a lot of different ideas and a lot of different things that you never even thought about. And one thing is going to lead to another and you will have to go and do more research. That's the one thing I would say. The next thing I would say, and I, and, and this, I, and I, this is a double-edged sword that I'm going to say here. One, I would always tell, I, I would highly recommend someone to, to get a mentor. Now I never had a mentor because some of the people that I would approach that I thought was mentors always came with the hands out. So I, I, I left them alone. Yeah, we've, ta we've talked about on this show that mentoring is a lost art these days. Yeah, it, it, it really is. It really is. And, and everyone wants to, instead of be a mentor, they want to come on as a consultant. Correct. You know, and, and we say, no, that, that is not what we're looking for. Now, even, even at this stage, even right now at my stage, now that I'm, I, have, I have a fairly good understanding of, of how the process works, I still need a mentor. You know, and I because I think not necessarily that I would say a need, but it would be nice to have one. You know, because I could bounce ideas off of and someone and who's go objective, someone that's someone who's objective, and uh, someone who uh, is not afraid to tell you no. Exactly, and you're not afraid to hear no from them. Exactly, exactly. So that's that's one thing, and and the very last thing I would say is that. It takes time. It would not happen overnight. And although it can, if you do the right thing, I want to say can. Like in my case, it, after ten months, came and got a, a four point two million dollar contract. Right. You know, without even having a computer or internet. If you do the right things and you understand, hey, you know, I'm going to get my certification. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you start getting these uh, these uh, solicitations coming in your your mailbox and say, hey, 
do you want to apply for this bid? Do you want to apply for that? If if it's available to you, take advantage of it, apply for it, but do your research and get understand what these certifications are, understand what they mean, because it is very, very, very uh, advantageous to well, to have them. Well, well, Brian, it's been great talking to you. First, thanks for your service. You're welcome. Um, we wish you well with your uh, what do you call it? The tinnitus. Tinnitus yes. and the uh, PTSD. PTSD. Thank you. Wish you all the best with that. Um, I know that's a real serious problem for some people yes. and um, probably ought to have another time to talk about that. But thank yes. you for your service and dealing with all that. But most importantly, thanks for helping the vets once they come home. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. That's good stuff. And other people ought to do that. Yes. Um, the other area that I've heard is a problem is housing for the vet. Yes. And yes. um, it's sad that we don't do enough for some of yeah. the vets that do come home. Yes. But anyway, thanks for your time here. And um, we'll we'll talk again. What I'd like to do or um, get back to folks in, you know, three or four months or six mm-hmm. months or so and kind of bring them back through and talk to them about what's happened. Okay. Um, you know, small business people are the lifeblood of our economy. And they, yeah. good, they give us real good sense of what's really going on out there in the street. Yes. So um, that, we, we do that from time to time. So until next time, that's our show for the day. This has been On The Money, the number one small business show on Business Radio X. On The Money is presented by NBC National Bank. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at on underscore the underscore money and then the number one. You can listen to any of our shows anytime by visiting onthemoney.businessradiox.com or you can uh, download them from iTunes and they're free to do so on that. And uh, not today, but we do have a video component and um, those shows will be loaded up at Business Radio X, the Gwinnett YouTube channel. So uh, again, uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, Until next time, I'm Joe Moss of Embassy National Bank. Three things we learned today. Do your research, find a mentor, and do your research again. And um, so the other thing we like to say is leave fear in the back seat. Uh, Sometimes people will find a bunch of reasons not to do something when they ought to just go ahead and do it. Be careful out there and stay authentic. For now, uh, we'll see you next time. And again, this has been On the Money brought to you by Embassy National Bank. Joe, we'll see you later.